2: Nine nine five gold. That's eight three three nine nine five gold eight three
1: three nine nine five G O L D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just
2: go to puretalk.com slash Clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash Clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: Hour three of Clay and Buck begins right now, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for being with us here. I, I had talked about this a bit, and-, and I wanted to dive into a little bit more now because I think it-, it really matters, and I want everyone to understand where I think it's all going. Uh The Supreme Court, in its June decision, right May, June, will come out around then, uh, in its next series of decisions is going to tell us whether or not... Uh, The system of racial advantage in college admissions is constitutional. This all came about because the a a group of Asian students or rather Asian students and then a a group of lawyers representing them brought suit against Harvard. And what they showed is something that anybody who uh, has understood the college admissions process for a long time knows has been underway, which is that the holistic here's just a quick history of what has happened here with affirmative action in college admissions i'm even more familiar with that than i am with the way it works in say federal government hiring and 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 hiring in general um i've had uh a, a number of friends who worked on admissions committees at ivy league schools and they wouldn't really talk about it when they were there but when they finished i had long debriefs with them about the situation and here's the short version they pretend as a matter of policy, whether it's Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Stanford, Duke, you know, all these ultra fancy and and uh, elite schools, they pretend that what they do is they look at the oh, it's a holistic approach is what they say. And this is how they get around because quotas we recognize quotas are just an all out of salt on the meritocracy and quotas in other countries and other places have shown Uh, Unless you're Joe Biden
2: and you just say, Buck, I'm only putting a black woman on the Supreme Court, and then you've run your entire campaign on that, which would theoretically not even be permissible under existing American law.
1: There's always the Biden factor.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes, Biden decided to
1: just say out loud what you're not supposed to say or rather to make a declaration about that. But quotas are not okay. So what do they do? They said, well, as long as it's just one factor among many what this is is effectively it would be the equivalent of if you had a if you had an entity that was discriminating against a racial racial minorities they kept saying well we have a we will just be more sly about how we discriminate but this is supposed to be positive discrimination as in underrepresented oppressed groups are the ones getting the advantage instead of the disadvantage so the left the democrats by the way this is central to the democrat party's uh ideology these days this is very important to them that this continues and what we've seen is that no that's all basically a lie that the numbers are the same year in and year out and that being certain uh certain ethnic groups or skin colors is worth the equivalent of a few hundred points on the sat so for example the average student going to harvard and by the way i'm i'm estimating at the numbers but these are roughly accurate the average harvard student has like a 1550 sat or something something completely you know, out of 1600 right so i know in this did you did you do act in tennessee is that i know in texas there's we, a lot of act yeah but we I, did
2: we did both but i can't even. are they still on the 1600 scale and they say
1: it went up to 2400 for a while but that had less cachet so they went back down to the 1600 okay. scale so, But let's say it's roughly a 1550 average at Harvard, something like that, which is probably one of the highest in the country. Harvard, MIT, Stanford. That would to be, be like the,
2: the 99th percentile for everybody out yeah. there who are wondering, like, what would a 15-something be? Yeah, okay.
1: But when they look at the numbers for, say, admitted black students or Native American students, uh, it's 200 to 300 points less than that. So now you're talking about being in the 1300s, which is, I, I, I now I'm guessing, but maybe in the... You know, 60, 70th percentile, something like that. So a re, you know, a good score, but not anywhere near what it would be for the standard student applying. For Asian students, they turn away 1600 after 1600. Perfect scores. Over Perfect the, the, scores. All the time. And so this has just been the system for a long time. This is the way it works. But Clay, the Supreme Court, I do believe by, I think, a 6-3 decision. Is going to say you really just can't do. It. I'm sorry, you can't actually just keep doing this. You're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of race. Is it, is it Scalia or, or Scalia or Alito? They both have great lines on this. One of them said the best way to stop discriminating on the basis of race is to stop discriminating on the basis of race. Right? Um, I I it was one of I them. I think we can it might read, even be John Roberts who said that. That might have been Roberts. Actually, you're right. Um, which is true though. I mean, yes. So I think we're like we're heading for six of decision. Why does the Columbia University? Uh, decision. Columbia University is one of the Ivy League schools. Why does it matter? Um, and, and this is going to trickle through the entire system, by the way, that they're getting rid of the SAT entirely. You don't have to tell anybody the SAT. No SAT or ACT score is required. It is so when the Supreme Court comes down with its decision, they can continue to take exactly the class they want based on exactly the diversity and inclusion metrics they want without having any kind of an objective paper trail to show that they are discriminating on the basis of race and for people who are going to keep saying oh but you know this is going to mean these schools aren't as elite and everything else these are credentialing programs effectively clay the whole point is the left wields these institutions as platforms of power in the broader society so they're not giving this up and they view this as essential they're not going to stop even if the supreme court says they need to stop
2: Well, and what I think is so interesting here at its baseline level, this is a war on the meritocracy, right? Whether you're Asian, black, Hispanic, white, whatever your background is, whether you, like many people in America, have a wide variety of backgrounds that make up your genetic uh, history. What this really represents is a rejection of the idea that we're going to try to treat everybody equally right? Because um, I think it's important to recognize the history of standardized testing. All of these same elite institutions, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and the like, were very aggressively discriminated against Jewish students. They were very white, uh, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, biased. So if you were Jewish and you had a great test uh, you had a great uh, resume coming out of high school they would say oh you're not on the same level as all these other students that were already admitting and so the idea of standardized testing was hey whether you're a kid growing up in queens or whether you're a kid growing up in charlotte or uh, you know uh in in san francisco we're gonna have one metric by which everybody is judged evenly and the problem is that the metrics are now being dominated by people, especially Asian in particular, but also white, that is not allowing the cosmetic diversity that these schools believe is necessary. I saw the other day; I think only twenty-two percent of the incoming class at Stanford, Buck. So one of the one of our team, yes. fact check me if I'm wrong on this, is white. This is correct. So seventy-eight percent of all students that were admitted to Stanford are not white. This is still a majority white country. So what Stanford is doing is trying to say we want cosmetic diversity. And what's scary to me is not only are you repudiating the meritocracy, you're also using cosmetic diversity as opposed to what universities should embrace, which is intellectual diversity. So you're
1: challenging your thought processes. By the way, you nailed that. It was John Roberts with that very excellent. John Roberts, a very smart man, not not. Not one of the his king first, of, uh, of and backbone, one of the first but... cases
2: he was involved in, by the way, because I believe that decision came down while I was in law school, like oh four. Um, the 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 decision that upheld the affirmative action policies, and in that case, Sandra Day O'Connor, again, if I'm remembering correctly, said basically this thing should be gone in twenty five years. There
1: won't be and any necessity for it anymore. And it's been about twenty five years now. I also I would um. Uh, disagree with the notion that it was, it's ever okay to say, well, it's unconstitutional, but we kind of like it for now. So let's give it a few more years. Um, I I think that that's massively problematic, but anyway, bringing it back here to, um, to where I think this is all heading. I mean, Clay, the, the, you know, the, these institutions, uh, are showing everyone that they plan on doing what they do. Anyone who thinks that college admissions are going to change dramatically, at least, at these, you know, ultra elite private institutions, uh, selective maybe is a better way of putting it because they're highly selective. I mean, you're, I think the incoming class at Harvard, three percent or something like that get in. Four percent. It's a tiny, tiny. Now percentage. kids
2: apply to like fifteen schools. A lot right. of them do now because they have that common application. When I, I don't know when you when you were applying, but Buck, you had to fill out these like really voluminous application I think I only did five or six of them it wasn't that common to apply to a
1: ton of places now you can just click a button and you can apply anywhere did you have to like set the typeface on the Gutenberg press play <laughs> and then ride on your pony Express to how I, did you do it
2: I, I think I think uh, college applications were actually delivered with uh with the uh with owls pa- and about oh, to uh, say yeah,
1: passenger pigeon before passenger they all...
2: pigeons they didn't even have like you couldn't rely on the the, the mail service when I was True applying. story
1: I still remember I, I I still remember that that there were some schools schools so i applied in 2000 where you had to fill out the actual hard copy application with a typewriter that's how that's a thing there are some I places mean, i where hand they wrote wanted,
2: i hand wrote the physical hard copy for many of my applications which is crazy now but my understanding is now for all of you out there with kids and grandkids and i'll be going through this crazily to myself because i'll have a son going off to college in theory in like three years i think you can
1: just common application you send you fill out one you send it out to like 10 or 20 places i'm going to Uncle Buck is going to sit down with the Travis boys at some point and just have a little heart to heart them about how there can be all these people trying try to sell them on. Oh, you want the, you want the New England college experience. And there's all these great schools up there. You know, there's Dartmouth and Harvard and Bowdoin and all these places. You do not want to spend six months of your, of the year freezing your butt off. I'm just I telling I don't
2: think you. the Travis boys, just a, my prediction is I don't think the Travis boys are living the, leaving the South. Uh, I yeah, think they I was, will go somewhere in the, in the SEC footprint.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, you know, go to, go to one of the great schools where you actually want to be outside for, you know, most, most of the year. Vanderbilt, I would be
2: very happy signing the paperwork for them to go to Vanderbilt for, uh, for all three of
1: them. But I think bringing us back to where this goes on the affirmative action decision and and how these institutions are going to adapt, you have to remember, everyone, that the the diversity and first of all, there's a massive diversity and inclusion bureaucracy now. Oh, these these are like the uh, if those of you who are like me, big hunt for red October fans, you know, there's the political officer, the political commissar. The first person that Sean Connery takes out on this, on the submarine is there to make sure that everybody is only saying and thinking the right things on that Soviet sub. That's a commissar, just as by way of, that's a little, a little commissar. The commissars of diversity and inclusion are all over these institutions. I mean, when you start to count the number of deans of diversity making 150, 200 grand, perhaps more at a lot of these schools. It's it's a lot, folks. There's a lot of people who their whole job is to be a part of and propagate this system that Supreme Court has referred to before as a racial spoil system, and that's what affirmative action has become. And they're going to fight tooth and nail to protect this, not because they don't care what it actually means for the institution academically. This is about the left being able to pursue its agenda throughout the broader society by deciding who gets... The stamp from the institution. Who gets that mark of approval that then opens the doors? And look, because you know, a lot for a lot of jobs and stuff. Still, what's the first thing they want to know? Where'd you go to school? When you're 22, it is
2: the single most important thing on your resume.
1: It is, which is crazy because, I mean, I especially saw this working uh, in the Intel community that so many of of the people who were the most impressive were people that found their way to and through education on their own without it being all about the credentials. They went to state schools or maybe they went to junior totally. college or community college and then went to because they had a work ethic where they're basically working their ass off. And they knew what the value of education was because it wasn't just like, oh well, you know, my dad went to Cornell, so I'm gonna go to Cornell, which is also a very, a very common thing. And those of you have seen the office know the Andy character with his Cornell obsession. Yes, is fantastic. I have a lot of jokes to make about Cornell, but not today. Um, But yeah, I mean, Clay, I I just think that everyone should get ready for this is going to happen in a lot of institutions, a lot of places. They're going to get rid of objective metrics because they want to continue the racial spoil system of affirmative action in every way they can, everywhere they can. They're not going going to to
2: destroy, I think, Buck, the one brand advantage that they have, which is what we were just saying when you were 22 where you went to college was a rough approximation of your ability to succeed in the meritocracy. When it becomes entirely arbitrary, what are you selling then? You're destroying your
1: brand, I think. In the process, it'll take it'll take time, though. You know, we're all yeah. supposed to. For a perfect example: we're all supposed to be so impressed by Pete Buttigieg just because uh, you know he he went to Harvard. I know people also talk about his service, and I appreciate he served his country, but. I served where he served in Afghanistan and, you know, there are a lot of places to get a latte. I'm just going to be honest with yeah. everybody. It's not like he wasn't kicking indoors. He wasn't an operator. Um, but that's where this really helps for people is it creates the perception of competency based upon a branding or a brand that the left gets to determine who gets it. And there's a lot of things that go into this. I know there's a lot, you know, there's alumni donation and there's, uh, there's sports recruiting and there's, uh, legacy and all this stuff. But the whole system, I think, Clay, the further it gets from meritocracy, the more it just sort of collapses into uh, into irrelevance. Skyrocketing inflation has affected nearly every product in industry, including the ammunition makers. They made it all the more expensive to train and keep your skills sharp if you're a gun owner. But now you can train without ammo in your home using the Mantis X. It's really addictive once you start doing it because you're getting better, and it's it's fun. It's almost like a video game, but it's improving your shooting skills at the same time. Mantis X is a firearms training system. It is no ammo, all electronic. You can do it anywhere, sitting on your couch, sitting on the end of your bed, uh, a chair out on your lawn, you name it. Mantis X is phenomenal. You order it online for delivery, and it attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. And then your smartphone connects to it via Bluetooth. From there, you're able to get data-driven, real-time feedback on your shooting skills and technique. It's got courses and drills, so you can work to improve your aim and capabilities. 94% of those using a Mantis X improve within a half hour of using it. It only gets better from there. It'll make your next visit to gun range that much more exciting. Mantis X is military-grade technology at an affordable price and a must-have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's
3: M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com.
1: Learn and laugh.
3: Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence
1: about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional
2: bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world
1: conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons, No surprise, but do you know the number of abortions in states where it's deemed legal have increased since the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Sadly, unborn babies' lives are more at risk than ever, and that's where Preborn steps in. Preborn introduces moms to their precious babies through ultrasound. When a mom in crisis hears her baby's heartbeat and sees her or him on ultrasound, she is twice as likely to choose life. Preborn has rescued hundreds of thousands of babies' lives, and their network of clinics are located in the highest abortion states standing strong for moms in crisis and the most vulnerable preborn babies five ultrasounds are just $140 helping to rescue five babies preborn relies on donations from us to donate securely use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby that's pound 250 saying baby or go to slash buck that's slash buck you will never regret saving a baby's life visit preborn.com/buck sponsored by Preboard.
2: Welcome back in Clay Travis Buck Sexton show. We were talking about the fallout of Chris Rock's special yesterday, I guess it was because the special came out on late Saturday night. And I did think that it it's important to continue to echo, Republicans need to be the party that believes everybody can be made fun of regardless of their race, their ethnicity, their gender. And the jokes are good. I can't believe we have to have this conversation. On CNN this morning, a black woman said, if you make fun of a black woman, you deserve physical violence. Listen.
3: You know, people are going to focus on your words, saying, you know, is Candace McDuffie condoning violence, saying that Will Smith should have slapped Chris Rock? I think, you know, in the literal sense, it seems like a bit much. But honestly, sitting here, you know, calling Jada out of her name, making fun of her hair condition, talking about her alopecia, words can be violent as well. And as we see, you know, black girls and women, we suffer abuse at higher rates in this country. So continuing to humiliate us only perpetuates this.
2: Beat up people if they say mean things. If you don't like their jokes, words are violence. Buck. I can't believe this opening here. Republicans are the party that like to laugh.
1: Own it. Yeah, you know the the left has moved a little bit away from this, but for a while their their position was, and remember, left and Democrats are the same. Uh, so whenever I say the left, just insert Democrat. Their belief was that uh, words equal violence. This is She's something that they literally were
2: saying. said that on CNN. No, no, I know she said yeah. that,
1: but that's not that wasn't uncommon. That's they've become less. Frequent users of that term but that was an argument they tried out for years essentially i don't like what you said so i have to punch you because what you said is the same thing as the violence that i'm going to commit against you it's wild jokes are good
2: embrace them even if you don't necessarily love them all embrace comedians you know all about how woke activists seized control of america's schools now a group of investment firms americans entrust with our pensions and retirements are playing woke politics with your money without our knowledge or consent. Few large investment firms, names you know, control trillions of dollars of your money, and they're using those dollars to advance their woke ideology through a progressive social scoring program called ESG. They claim it promotes corporate responsibility, but what they're really doing is using Americans' hard-earned money to finance their political agenda, forcing businesses to comply or else... Some states are fighting back, letting those investment firms know they can't play politics with our pensions. You can fight back as well by going to consumersresearch.org to learn more about their mission to protect consumers from woke investment firms. That's consumersresearch.org. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth.
1: You know, in the animal kingdom, there are some apex predators out there, Clay. There are some... Some beasts, some creatures that if you happen to get on the wrong side of them, you know, it's it's very bad luck. But, you know, if you get taken down by a grizzly bear or let's say a lion, you know, it's an apex predator like that's, you know, that's that's not a nobody ever wants to go that way. We all want to go surrounded by loved ones peaceably in our bed with our, you know, grandchildren and, and, and our legacy firmly, uh, you know, firmly entrenched. But I'm just saying, if the animal kingdom comes comes at you, there's a whole like array, you know. And, you know, for example, if it's a choice between a lion and a hippo, hippos kill more people than lions. Now, I'm just saying, I feel like if you if you had to pick this is I know this is a little bit morbid, but you'd rather be like, look, a lion, a lion got me right. You don't want to go because of a hippo grizzly bear those things are massive polar bear incredible you think people
2: would be like oh you're a total wuss you got killed by a hippo like i think either way people would be like that's pretty like terrifying way to go
1: no it's a terrifying way to go but i'm just saying if, if you had to you know if you had to choose the form of your destructor like at ghostbusters i think you know a lion is like the king of the you know king of the jungle that you don't want it to be a hippo you don't want it to be something that, you know, you don't think of in this I way. mean, I don't want
2: it to be like, I don't want it like Steve Irwin, you know, got killed. God rest his memory. One of the best shows ever um, got killed by a stingray. I know that, right? was, that was a,
1: fr- but see, that was totally a totally freak fluke accident. But I mean, freak he accident. had
2: literally kissed uh, in a special because I watched it like the most dangerous venomous right. snake in the
1: world. And then he gets killed by a stingray. So, you know, here's what I mean. If if you are out there in in the bush, and you try to wrestle, I don't I don't know whatever the most poisonous snake. It's probably lives in Australia, but whatever the most poisonous snake is, you know that's you're messing with poisonous snakes. That's you know what you don't want is to be the person who like picks up a tiny blue ringed octopus, which are incredibly venomous. By the way, oh I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah, and uh, I I think the only anti venom. They don't have an anti-venom. So what they do is they, if you can get to the hospital and it's in less than an hour, you have to get there. They put you on a ventilator because the neurotoxin is so powerful that it will shut down your lungs and your respiratory capacity entirely. So the only way you survive is if you get to a hospital and get on a ventilator. This is when ventilators are actually very useful. Um, because there's no anti-venom. Anyway, I bring all this up because of all the, of all the ways you could go. Oh wait, hold on. This is the Animal Thunderdome story. So we've—I I didn't even bring. We're, we're we're stepping into the Thunderdome right now.
0: Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys
1: and girls.
0: I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here
2: this is animal thunderdome
1: so for me you may know we
2: did this for years we brought it on to this show as well so that's the theme song we would do on the morning show so you have and this is like animals attacking humans which happens all the time and you've got a story well,
1: yeah, but we've done the Animal Thunderdome on the show before.
2: It's been a little while. I just want to make sure okay, people okay. are out there. They're say. like, "Hey, what in the world is this?" Yes,
1: we un- we unveiled it because also one of my favorite games growing up during long, long car rides with my with my mom and dad. My dad usually took point on this. Was we were like, "Who wins in a fight, a rhinoceros or a pterodactyl?" Like crazy. Oh, my animals. boys would do this all day. Yeah, like yeah. right I now, mean, and it would get kind of heated sometimes. You know, I mean, yeah. once once you get in the conversation. About mountain lion, silverback gorilla. I mean, mountain lion outweighed by silverback. Silverback usually very gentle giant. But anyway, I don't want to get too deep into that right now. A moose charged snowmobilers in Idaho. This is this just went viral in the last couple of days. We'll have, we have we had the video up at clayandbuck.com. dot com. I was thinking about this before, just because, man, you know, a, a, a moose is not an animal that you think of as particularly dangerous. But they kill people. It's a giant deer, basically, and they, they can be very aggressive and territorial. But this moose, this guy on the snowmobile, if you see it, and like I said, clanbuck.com, we're getting it posted there. He is able to use, now this is a pro-level move. He is able to use the snowmobile as a sort of the, the, the distance maker between, like, so the moose charges him and he sort of maneuvers around the, he's on foot. And he maneuvers yep. around the snowmobile so that the moose ends up charging right into the snowmobile and not him. Uh you know, by both of them were there was a uh, two brothers out there in the snowmobiles in Idaho. They're both okay. But man, you don't want to to get got by a moose, Clay? That's low on the list. That's Have low on the list. Have you been
2: on a snowmobile? Like a legit snowmobile. No, out? I've never
1: been snowmobiling. So
2: I took the family. We went out to Utah over. I think I talked about this. We were going to be in Utah. Love it out there. We appreciate everybody listening in Salt Lake City. We're we're number one, and we love all of you in Utah. Um, And we were out in um, uh, the the mountains there. In fact, our guide. I got to make sure my wife Venmoed him a tip. uh, Actually, now that I think about it, because I don't have, I don't do Venmo, but he was a big listener. So, uh, he, he was, uh, he was a listener of the show out in, uh, I think the Wasatch. Does that make sense? The Wasatch Mountains, um, area. Beautiful resort. Uh, I mean, 50,000, I think they said acres, tons of land. Anyway, these, these snow, I'd never done it. We got out on the snowmobiles. Buck, these things are amazing. Like the way that you can maneuver them, everything else. Wife has two of the kids on it. I have one. She tipped the snowmobile. If I had tipped the snowmobile with a kid on it, Shoot a lost her mind five minutes in boom snowmobile's over, and we have to go go get it uh I mean it, these things are pretty flexible, but you have to like get it back up. it was amazing on those things i couldn't believe how fast you could go, but the idea of getting charged by a moose on a snowmobile is i mean first of all it sounds like something they do on jackass right like uh like actually design one of these challenges, but they're so awesome to be out on if you
1: haven't done it you need to add it to the bucket list for you and carrie so if you're if you're having to Deal with a charge from a moose or a charge from a rhinoceros clay. Which one do you think is the, is the, the more dangerous play for you? Cause I think I moose think has rh- got a little more dexterity. You know, moose kind of able to.
2: I think the rhino is way bigger. So, and stronger. So my expectation would be there's no way to be touched by the rhino and not severely injured. Whereas I think, look, the, the moose is also probably going to wreck you but i i think that the moose would be the preferred choice there.
1: Well the moose is the moose will trample you. That's the problem, right? They they actually they'll they'll, they'll run you down and then they stomp on you with the hooves. Uh the hooves rather? Awful. Yeah. Yeah, no, you don't want to, you don't want to get trampled by a moose. This is uh, by the this way this is our, also, like main audience right now is like, "Oh yeah, the moose. <laughs> you don't mess with them."
2: Darker side here at the animal thunderdome. I do think we should mention it. The grandma got killed by the alligator walking her dog along this was in florida right this was
1: down in florida down the fort pierce area yeah it was really sad it's all on video
2: um so the number of people and, and this is just kind of like a psa i think the number of people who are in florida or places where there are alligators that walk their small dogs along the water's edge is really kind of extraordinary to me like right so that's what usually brings that. Usually the alligators are coming out not after the human. They're coming out after the dog. Uh, remember that one guy uh, got his dog attacked and went
1: in after the alligator? Do you remember that story? The guy with the cigar in his mouth and he kept yes. it. Now, that was a tiny, that was a basically that was not a, a big juvenile, alligator. a baby yeah. alligator. But still, uh, This alligator, unfortunately, that, that Seven that, feet? Oh, I think they said it was 12 feet long.
2: Clark. Oh, that, that alligator should not have been in that
1: neighborhood. Yeah. As a giant, is a really big, and it was feet. a known... It was known in the neighborhood that there was a 12-foot alligator in this neighborhood. By you got to get it out. Yeah, you got no, no 12-foot alligators allowed. No. That's a good rule. That's an important safety tip. I agree. So anyway, so the anyway, I I, well, I wasn't going to go to the alligator discussion. It was down here in Florida that did happen. It was very very sad, but on the uh, on the moose discussion, I can say don't mess with the moose and uh, these two brothers, not a scratch on them by the way, but plot, lots of scratches on that. If you see the video, Snowmobile did not do well in this situation. Oh, but uh, the moose also didn't have his uh his antlers, which is that's the thing. You you want at least you're going against a moose without antlers. That was lucky. I got. I'm glad you brought this up because I
2: got to make sure that my wife Vinmode, our guy who was a listener uh the tip because he couldn't take cash but he gave us his venmo i need to i'm on that now uh what could you do and and if he's listening right now and he's like i never got a tip it's my wife's fault i told her to do it uh what could you do with 900 dollars and found money that's how much families on a pure talk cell phone service plan are saving right now think about this everybody's trying to save money economy's not great inflation way higher than it has been for most of the last 40 years Basically, the Biden administration has a disaster on its hand, and all of you out there are trying to save money. Well, do you know the average family can save over $900 a year when they switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile to our friends at uh, Pure Talk? And look, we love Pure Talk because they will take care of you. They are an American-based company, and... They have absolutely fabulous customer service, veteran-owned. It's just 30 bucks a month. You get unlimited talk, text, plenty of data. Plus, Pure Talk's so sure you're going to love their service. They're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile every month, they're woke companies. You can cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, a company that respects your values, and they will hook you up. This is really easy to do. All you have to do, grab your phones, Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, to save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is Simply Smarter Wireless. Again, pound 250, pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: There is a great evil taking place in our society. Since 1973, over 64 million babies' lives have been taken. Preborn is dedicated to saving these precious lives, and every day the staff members at preborn clinics rescue 200 babies and help women in crisis by sharing light, love, and a free ultrasound.
0: That changed my life just from that ultrasound picture.
1: You see, when an expectant mother meets her precious baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life for her baby. Would you join me and Preborn in rescuing babies' lives? One ultrasound is just $28, and for $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds helping to rescue five babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck, sponsored by Preborn.
2: Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G
1: smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Just go to
2: puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch to the cell phone company my family relies on Pure Talk closing up shop tuesday edition of the program encourage all of you to go subscribe to play travis buck sexton show podcast you can join the tens of millions of downloaders all over the country and around the world you'll get podcast exclusives and most importantly you'll be able to find us anywhere you may be in the country i know it's spring break season approaching rapidly and so a lot of you may be outside of your usual locations maybe you just want to keep tabs on everything including me going to Italy for the first time on Friday. And, Buck, you got a text message from me late last night that you probably oh, yes. were not anticipating.
1: So the band Lit, as you all know, and My Own Worst Enemy, is the theme song now for this show. And Mr. Clay Travis was, and there is video proof. Team, are we putting it up at clayandbuck.com so everybody can see it? Already there at clayandbuck.com. There is video proof not just of a of a performance by Lit, uh, which is really cool, up on stage of the song that I think a lot of you now very much associate with this program, but Clay Travis himself got on stage, sang and danced. <laughs> wow. It is on video and I'm going to tell you If you think you've pulled off or seen some dad moves at a family member's wedding before out on the dance floor, it's got nothing on Clay Travis over here. There, there was, it was a very special, very special rhythm that Clay was showing off up there. All right. You can't fake those funky moves. That's all I can tell you.
2: Well, first of all, how many people have ever been called up on the stage to sing a hit song with the band? So I saw Jeremy Popoff, who is a good buddy now, and a uh, and one of the band members. And we were at a charity event here in Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville, where I live. And he said, hey, man, I'm going to call you up on the stage to sing My Own Worst Enemy with us. And I was like, no, no, no I can't. It's true. I cannot sing. I am tone deaf. Like, I, you do not want to. I'm not going to get up and wow anybody at karaoke. Like, this is not a good idea. So I was like, no, no, man. So they come out on stage. And he's like, hey, is Clay Travis still here in the audience? The lights come on. My wife is like, no, do not do not go up on the stage. Do not do it. And I was like, well, they're calling me out to come up. So I went up on the stage. I was sober. Should have had way more to drink if I had known that I was going to be on the stage with a rock band. And, uh, you know, there are several hundred people in the crowd and all the cell phones come up. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get memed like crazy. But I did talk to all the crowd. It's a great charity event. Uh, and I got the link to the charity uh, up in my Twitter feed you can go through and look at it um but uh there's tons of great musicians that were playing there last night but the audience was filled with a lot of our listeners and uh and I just told the story about how you know they are big fans of Rush and they were super excited uh that their song could be associated with the show and uh and then we went right into my mm-hmm. own worst hero uh, we we love that we have our worst enemy uh, yeah we,
1: <laughs> we, yeah. we love that we have, I have a, my a theme, own worst hero too um a theme song that you know the the lead singer uh jeremy pop-up as you said loves america and appreciates and supports the show that that's very nice because as a lot of people know in the world of music unfortunately you know t swift for all of the all the the talent that taylor swift has her politics not where we need them to be among many many I- many others No doubt. I think I've told this story.
2: Maybe I haven't told it on the air. Tommy, I know, has told this story. So back in 2020, even in Nashville, Buck, uh, we were out watching the Alabama LSU football game. Bars were still forced to close, I think, at like 10 o'clock. So we went back to their house to continue. Like, just it was 10 o'clock. We wanted to watch more college football, have drinks. This is in November of 2020, um, I think. Uh, And we go back to their house, and... There's probably 15 or 20 people there. I mean, it's not, you know, a big party by any stretch of the imagination. And everybody Ubered. So it's not like there was a massive neighborhood pileup of cars or anything. The neighbors called the police. The police came and arrested the homeowner for having people, too many people, in his house during COVID. The homeowner, one of the band members of Lit. So it's me... Tommy Lahren, there's like, I don't know, four or five musicians there in the group. Musicians people might recognize, Wait, although you guys they, don't.
1: They didn't just they, cite the person. They, 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 actually arrest, they arrested him. They made him
2: take, and, they took a photo. Like they, uh, they arrested him. Like I, I don't know if they officially took him into, uh, like booking, but they took a, I, I don't know the specific details. I know that he was arrested and charged. I don't know if they physically made him like go down and bail out. I know they cuffed him. In Tennessee? In Nashville in his front yard for having too many people in his house in his house like and I'm talking like 15 or 20 it wasn't like there was 2000 people in a house party and uh, and he later ha- he pled guilty I think to a misdemeanor and they wiped it off of his record later but this is this is why personally I can't allow people to forget what they did during covid because I know what they would do the minute they had the ability to do
1: it again clay people in my building when I lived on 53rd Street in Manhattan, they, they they were constantly complaining about me. I didn't even know this. And the front desk one day said, you know there are like 500 units in this building or 400-something units in this building. You and some German guy are the only <laughs> ones who refuse to wear masks in the entire building. It's and really we get funny. constant complaints about you, but we don't actually tell anybody because you're nice to us, basically. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> nice. I'll take it. I so mean, I go. just...
2: You know, we talk about red states and all those things. I mean, look, I'm born and raised in Nashville. I would have never believed that the police could come and arrest someone for having 15 or 20 people in his home on a Saturday night at, like, 1030. <laughs> you know, it's not even that late. And certainly it wasn't loud. It not like there was a
1: concert going on. But that's until, where we were. Until my last days play, I'm just sitting around, and I'm going to hear, you know, maybe you should consider two masks. I think that the data... Shows mitigation improves from three or perhaps four masks and 15 COVID shots. I will go to my grave hearing that little tyrant's voice.
2: That's how perfect the lid is for the show. They got arrested over COVID hey there it's
0: ryan seacrest for safeway head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points shop for products from Olay, always gillette vicks and crest plus check out new items like mr clean magic eraser ultra thick multi-surface cleaner no more sponges or other cleaning products needed and head and shoulders Bare soothing hydration shampoo a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients offer expires march 26 restrictions apply promotions may vary visit safeway.com for a woo a hand clap, or a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge.